Welcome back to another episode of No Agenda. I'm Michael here, with my co-host Dante and Matt. What's up, guys? Welcome back, episode twenty-six. It's gonna be a good seven. one. Seven. Seven. It's gonna yeah, be a good one. Twenty-seven. I hope you guys are ready to hear us talk again. All right. So today we have a, a special guest, friend from high school. Uh, played sports with him. If you remember, we had his brother on um, about a month or so ago. Uh, Jack Schoonmaker. He's a part of the Marine Corps, so we're excited to, to hear him talk about that. Welcome, Jack. How's it going? It's going good. Excited to hear what you have to say about the remain, uh, Marines. I have a bunch of questions. I'm really interested in yeah. seeing, uh, hearing the ins and outs of what goes on over there. Of course. It's an honor to be on here. I couldn't wait, and uh, yeah, I'm really excited to uh, talk it up with you guys for sure. You're too kind. <laughs> <laughs> all right so just to get things started i think one of the questions you're probably expecting is just why did you join the marines you know there's the army navy the, the air force so why the marines mm -hmm. dude that's a great question i've had a lot of people you know who aren't in the military ask me you know like why um yeah like you said why did you join the marine corps um and Honestly, it goes back to, I'd say when I was a kid, um, like growing up, um, I think Luke talked about it a little in his podcast too. And, um, but my grandfather happened to be in the Marine Corps, right? He fought in uh, World War II, fought over in um, Battle of Kwajalein, was in Guam, you know, um, he's got some great war stories he used to tell me as a kid and uh let me tell you, he's one badass guy, man. <laughs> he, uh, yeah, I mean, he'd be telling some pretty good, gruesome stories when I was like seven years old, and my grandma would always be like, Frank, like, why are you telling the kids these stories? Like, they're too young to hear that. And, mm -hmm. and all. And yeah, he was, um, yeah, he went, he, um, went in the Marine Corps, like, right, um, pretty sure it was right during his college years, you know, the draft went on, and, um, he wanted to join the military, but he didn't know what branch to join. So when he was kind of at the recruiting station, right, with the different branches there, uh -huh. um, he was originally going to join the Army, but his buddy was, like, um, kind of making fun of me. He's like, man, like, you can't join the Army. Like, you know, you're a wuss to join the Army. You got to join the Marines. Like, we're, you know, we're the baddest branch out there, you know, a bunch of badasses. And he was like, really? Mm -hmm. And after that statement, he didn't think twice about it. He's like, sold, you know, I'm joining the Marine Corps. I want to be, you know, a badass. And, you know, they always back, you know, you can go way back even before World War II, but I think World War II was the big spark where, you know, the Marines are, you know, um, the most kind of dedicated. They call us like the, you know, the police force of the world, you know, like when time mm -hmm. comes, you know, whether it's war or any, any um, kind of, rough situation, you know, uh, comes about, you know, the Marines are, are the first to fight. So yeah, he joined the Marine Corps, um, and he served, you know, throughout World War II. And, um, you know, I like to call him my, you know, he's a hero and yeah, he was one of the big, um, inspirations for me to join the Marine Corps. Um, just in general. Yeah. It was my grandfather, but you know, like, um, I really, I'll be honest, I really didn't even look at the other branches other than the Marines. I was so set on the Marines to the point where, like, I remember it was, um, 
Yeah, I don't know if you remember, Mike. It was like junior year of high school is kind of when I started doing the whole kind of application process. And yeah, I remember you, um, I would, or I would, at least senior yeah. year, I remember you coming to like basketball practice, yeah. talking about you doing <laughs> your training and everything. Yeah, Coach Jordy would be yelling at me, and you know, this is like <laughs> it's going to be a lot rougher at boot camp. He always be you know making jokes. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I um. I feel like I couldn't kind of disappoint my grandfather and join, you know, the Navy or the Air Force or something. I had to do the Marines. But even though he said, you know, it's your decision, you know, I'll be happy with whatever you do. I know the Marines just always grab my attention, you know. Um, and I don't know if, you know if you guys know this, but um, what makes the Marines so significant is every single individual that joins the Marine Corps is um, a rifleman, which means oh, wow. every Marine is trained specifically in um combat and warfare situations where they are every single marine is fully capable of going to war and wow. um fighting for the country and infantry skills whereas if you look cool. at other branches like the, yeah the navy the army the air force not everyone is trained specifically in combat meaning mm -hmm. you, can, you can you can do a specific job like it's called the infantry in the army and you know you can go do that kind of stuff but in the marines it doesn't matter what job you do you could be a cook um an administrative job, you could be, you know, whatever it may be, every single Marine has to go through um, the school of infantry, which is like a warfare school. So no matter what, you know, you're a war fighter, you're a rifleman, like they're putting, a, they're putting a gun in your hand, you know, the second you get to boot camp, no matter what. So they're, they're big on, you know, being tough and, and fighting our nation's battles. So, wow. um, yeah, that's another thing, you know, I don't think a lot of people know about, but. I definitely didn't know about um, that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, but, even like a cook. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> crazy. Um, no, it, it is crazy. You know, not a lot of people know, like they think, oh, you join the military, you know, you're automatically, you know, fighting the nation's battles, you know, shooting guns and everything. But actually, mm -hmm. um, only a small percentage of people really do kind of are the typical like war fighters. Like there's so many other jobs people don't even know about in the military. But if you choose the route, the Marine Corps, I can tell you now, you're going to have to go to like a warfare school. They call it the school of infantry where you got to do some, you know, um, you got to do combat, you know, get trained in the different weapon systems, do different combat scenarios and everything. So you, you do get it. You do. They give you a good feel of what it's like to be an infantry man. So mm -hmm. um, sorry for kind of getting off topic, but uh, no, anyway, no, you're going good. Interesting it. stuff. Yeah. Going, going back to it, um, my, my grandfather was a big kind of inspiration to me with the Marine Corps and everything, for sure. Gotcha. And I know you just talked about it just a little bit. Um, you touched on kind of what the Marines are. And before this podcast, I kind of looked it up because I was not too sure because I think everyone, mm -hmm. for the most part, knows, you know, the Army kind of fights on the ground, Navy, Sea, on the, the Air Force in the air. So I looked it up and it was saying how the, the Marines are kind of like the, I guess, the crisis unit. So whenever there's something really important or like dire, they send out the Marines to try to get the job done. So if you want to just touch on a little bit more of like what exactly the Marines do and compared to maybe when they get sent to deployment and like what kind of things you guys handle over there. Yeah. So um, basically like the number one thing um, – you know, Marines do is like I said, you know, there are nations fighting for us. We're like, we're basically like the police force, um, of, of honestly, not only the country, but the world, you know, I feel like anytime something pops off, like if you look at, um, whatever it may be, whether 
it's hurricanes or any rough situation going on in other countries, you know, the Marines are the ones, you know, they're calling in. Um, but to be more specific, you know, Marines, you know, we excel at conducting like land-based and amphibious operations, both offensively, defensively, um, with whatever it may be. But like you kind of said, Mike, um, what's great about the Marines is I don't know if you've ever looked at the, um, like the logo of the Marines, the Eagle Globe and Anchor. It's, mm-hmm. It basically represents, um, like, we can fight our nation's battles on land, sea, and air. Like, we have a aviation field. Um, a lot of my buddies, you know, became pilots. They're flying now. Wow. A lot of guys on the ground. Um, and then we have guys on um, ships as well. So, yeah. So, um, we, we are... As you, I, I mean, not a lot of people do know this, but technically the Marines are part of the Navy. So a lot of times Marines will get to go on Muse, which are military expeditionary units where we'll hop on a big um, warship or like an air, aircraft carrier um, and we'll kind of sail around the world basically on standby, um, just seeing if anything's going to go down or pop off. Um, so they, they consider that a deployment, but what's cool about that is, you know, a lot of guys who I've talked to, you know, they'll hop on a mule. Usually it leaves out of, um, California and mm-hmm. it'll sail around, sail around other countries, but you'll get to stop in a bunch of different countries, um, and kind of visit different countries. That's pretty cool. But, um, yeah, I think, I think it all goes back to like, you know, Marines, like I said, are the ones that, you know, Every single Marine has to go through um, that that warfare school. So we can always be we can always be counted on in times of, you know, rough situations when stuff's hit the fan. I think we're the first ones to call. Um, mm-hmm. And and there's a great quote that Ronald Reagan said. Um, it was, you know, some people live their everyday life, like wondering if they made a difference in the world today. And he said, you know, Marines don't have that problem like what mm-hmm. what they've done and what people know them to do is incredible. And, you know, we should, we're, we're lucky to have them. So, um, yeah. It's very cool. It definitely sounds like a, an honorable profession for sure. Yeah, it is. And this, it's, it's a whole, it's a whole, the Marine Corps, you know, it's just so, um, there's so many different things you can talk about in the Marines, you know, just cause there's so many different jobs. Um, mm-hmm. and I could talk hours and hours about, you know, different things <laughs> in the Marines. <laughs> And whatever, but um, yeah, it's all good stuff. Um, so you mentioned like the different jobs. Obviously, there's there's a ton. Um, did you know? Yeah. You said you've been like eyeing the Marines when you were younger too, but did you know like yep. what field in the Marines you wanted to go into like since you were younger too, or was that kind of just something that you developed as you were there? No, yeah. So that that's a great that's a great uh great point. So <clears throat> back um. I'd say back, it was back in the seventh grade, right? Um, I'll never forget. Um, I really, like, obviously, I talked about my grandfather. I knew he was in the Marines. But I really wasn't too sold on just joining the military in general. I kind of, I think, wanted to kind of do, you know, sports in college, just get a normal job and whatever, you know, move on in life. But mm-hmm. um, I think one of the big things that hit me in my life was um, – something that went down there's a movie based off it called lone survivor i don't know if any of you guys have seen that but i've heard of it i don't think i've seen it though oh it's it's my favorite movie but i'll never forget i watched that movie with my cousin and 
there was something that just kind of um, touched my heart and kind of sold me on, you know what, like I want to fight for this country. And in that movie, um, it's just this Navy SEAL. They're not Marines, but they're Navy SEALs, you know, the best of the best. Um, this guy, Mark Stutrell, he goes on a mission with these three other Navy SEALs just to do reconnaissance on um, on the Taliban in Afghanistan. And their mission ends up getting compromised. And they basically weren't supposed to get in a firefight or anything, but they do because they get spotted by these goat herders. And um, shit hits the fan and only one guy ends up surviving. But the whole storyline and just kind of um, plot of what happened. It's a true story. It's called, the movie's called Lone Survivor, but the operation is called Operation Red Wings. Um, mm -hmm. Just some of the sacrifices that his guys and his fire team made for him. Um, one of the guys, his name is Michael Murphy. I don't know if you've heard of him. Like every year, a bunch of people do the Murph challenge. Oh yeah, um, yeah I've heard of that. Oh, yeah, I've heard, heard of that. that, so that, that yeah, that's, that's Michael Murphy. So he basically gave up his life for Marcus Luttrell to make this call on this mountain to reach a base nearby to let them know like, Hey, we're in trouble. You know, we need more reinforcements and he sacrifices his life to make that call. Um, and, and that scene in that movie really hit me. And I was like, damn, like I, I really want to serve and, and fight for this country. So I was kind of after that movie, like, and I, I read the book Lone survivor, um, all about operation red wings. And I was like, at first I was like, you know, I want to do, um, something with maybe the Navy SEALs. Um, and I also know that the Navy SEAL training is like one of probably the, the toughest job slash training in the world. Like yeah. they're, yeah. they're, it's, insane. it's called Bud is, uh -huh. in, it's insane. It's insane. Um, yeah. and yeah. So in terms of my field, I was like, you know what? I want to do something infantry related, right? I want to freaking you know, shoot people and, you know, help, help those in need. So, um, yeah, I was sold on the infantry, um, kind of talked to my grandfather about it, and then I wanted to do the Marines. So um, because in high school, you know, I was a bigger guy, I was looking into the different jobs. Um, I wanted to be a machine gunner. Mm -hmm. um, and then so how it works is like in, as an officer. So going back, I obviously, since I was in high school, I couldn't become an officer yet because I hadn't gone to college yet. So what a lot of guys do is they'll enlist the Marine Corps where they'll join right after high school, do their four years, and then they can get a degree later. And I knew I had always wanted to go to college, but I was like, I don't know if I want to wait till after college. Like I'm so like motivated, inspired. Like I want to serve this country. You know, I want to, I want to make a difference. So um, I was pretty, pretty sold on the infantry. So I went to my recruiter. He gave me some different job options and, um, Looking back on it, I wish I had made a different decision, but since, like I had said, you know, every Marine is an infantryman, like, slash rifleman, right? Mm -hmm. and, um, I told you guys about that. I was like, oh, like, I don't think it would really matter what job I get, because no matter what every Marine does, you know, the infantry tactics mm -hmm. and the combat stuff. So they ended up giving me administration. So that's specifically kind of like a desk job. But yep. I didn't really think that mattered because, you know, I... I'd get to go to that school of infantry. Um, and even though I did get to go to the, um, it's called Marine combat training. So if you're not infantry, you go to Marine combat training, which is like a 30 day, um, combat course on campus in North Carolina. You get to learn all the different rifle tactics. 
tactics and how to be, you know, um, a normal rifleman in the Marine Corps. Did that and then kind of realized, like, oh, like, I might not even touch a gun again because I'm going administration. Like, even though if a war would pop off, like, there's a chance I could, I could, you know, get out in the, um, get out and go in the field and do some combat-related stuff. But more, more likely I'd be kind of doing more desk work stuff. So, um, yeah, so I, anyways, I, I ended up doing, um, for a job in the Marines back when I enlisted, I did administration, although I was attached to a grunt unit, which is an infantry unit. So I was lucky enough to be able to go out with the guys in the field and shoot ranges, do live fire ranges and do a lot of different, um, infantry tactics and learn a lot of skills in the whole infantry world. Um, so if I could go back, I would have kind of told my recruiter like, Hey man, like, I know you're getting these different job options, but I want to do, you know, be a machine gunner and go infantry. Um, I probably would have done that. But since, you know, my first thought was, oh, like, no matter what job I get, I'll be able to do um, infantry stuff. I just kind of was was fine with whatever they gave me, So, which was administration. But, um, yeah, so that's what that field was. Are you able to switch into, like, a more infantry-related field, or do well, you have to stay with yeah, you you can. That's 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 called a lap move. It's a little harder to do. You can do that, but basically, so going back, I graduated um, high school right with you, Mike, and then I went to mm-hmm. boot camp right after. Then went to my um, Marine combat training, like, like I just explained, because every Marine has to go through that. And then I went to my administration school, and then I ended up doing the reserves, which is. Um, it's kind of like the National Guard, you know, you have one weekend every month of drill and then you have two weekends, uh, two weeks in the summer. And then, you know, you can work like a normal everyday civilian job as you're still serving the country. You're not full time active duty. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, I did the reserves throughout college um, and then I decided, you know, I want to become an officer. And what an officer is, is it's someone that basically um leads marines into battle they're like the role models of the marine corps all the enlisted guys look up to the officers because they're the ones that are supposed to set the example and be a leader for those enlisted guys so it's a lot more competitive to become an officer in the marine corps um it's one of the toughest jobs in the world and you know i tried to get into that submitted an application um and i got in so oh congrats congrats that's awesome yeah, so I, I did that. Yeah, I did that. Thank you. I did that back in um, college. I had to go to another boot camp, which is uh, pretty, pretty – you can call me crazy. That's pretty nuts, you know, to, to do two <laughs> boot camps. Yeah. How yeah. long was that one? Um, so the first one originally was um, right <laughs> – I literally left, I think it was like a week after we graduated um, Hamden Hall. I left for Paris Island, which was 13 weeks of just yeah. straight hell right yeah. right it was complete, completely during the summer so like as a lot of you know mine and mike's friends you know were going to you know grad parties and enjoying summer i was getting absolutely screamed at at boot camp that summer for 13 weeks mm. so um that was a lot of fun <laughs> but um yeah that that first one was 13 weeks and then the most recent one i went to two years ago it was i think it was 2021 or 2020 oh, wow. maybe it was my junior, oh, oh, junior year summer weeks. no it was that one was only 10 weeks but 10 weeks is still long enough so still total long I've done, time, yeah. yeah 
yeah, total I've done 23 weeks of boot camp altogether. So, um, I got, I got some funny good stories, you know, with that. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that second one was 10 weeks and then, you know, I, I graduated college, um, graduated college and then, um, I worked once I graduated college, I worked that summer and then I left for the basic school, which is like a eight month infantry course. So for officers, they have to go to the basic school, which is basically like an eight month, uh, like combat related combat arms school, which is the longest out of any branch. I mean, eight, eight months is, it's so like seven, eight months. Years. Eight months is That's crazy. Just, dude, it's, oh yeah. And I, it's, it's, it's really long. And a lot of guys, a lot of people don't want to become Marine officers because it's so long and so demanding and hard. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just straight, you know, you're out in the field all the time. And when I say the field, I mean, like you're out in the tree line, like out in the woods doing, you know, operations, like special operations, stuff like that. So, um, yeah, so it's a little different with the officer side because the officer side, you don't get to pick your job. They choose it for you. You mm-hmm. list your top, your top jobs, one to 14 on which one you want most. And then depending how well you do at the basic school, depending on your final grade, they'll select, you know, what job you get. Um, and I'll be honest with you, after eight months of just doing infantry stuff out in the field, you know, it was absolute madness. It was very hard. I thought, but infantry ended up falling kind of towards the bottom of my list. I was like, you know what? Like I've done enough, enough of this. Like, I don't <laughs> think I can, I can do this for a living. Uh-huh. So, um, I listed a few different jobs instead of infantry and I ended up getting ground supply, which is the current school I'm at right now, um, on campus in North Carolina, which, um, ground supply is, it's pretty self-explanatory. It's like basically the supply chain material management occupational field for the marine corps it's like a, a mixture of logistics and supply chain material management mm-hmm. for the marines so um yeah so i'm doing that that's gonna be my job for the next three years could i see like some action slash combat i mean i could like it all depends like um my duty station is going to be in 29 palms california which is the desert right um mm-hmm. i leave there in a month and and I'll be attached to a unit and they'll go in the field and stuff. And honestly, if I want to go in the field, I can, which I'm sure, you know, I'm going to want to just to get some good field experience. Um, and then if we deploy, you know, there'll be times where I can, I'm sure go out for a patrol and do some combat operation type stuff. And I can kind of get back with the infantry boys if I want to. So it's mm-hmm. a, it's a good job. You know, I'm, I'm learning a good skill right now in this school, this ground supply school. Um, it's something I'll definitely consider after the Marines utilizing um mm-hmm. for a a uh as maybe a manager for like some type of supply chain company or doing something with that I, i'm thinking i want to utilize this job because it's a great kind of skill to have in today's world yeah that's, that's um, good but but yeah so done done a lot of different things in the marines that i've kind of i mean it's hard to believe i've, I've already been in for five years that's um, crazy it it, it it flew by, yeah, but I now have like three active duty years left in the Marines full time. So that is crazy. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, it flies by. So, do you think that if you didn't have to do like eight straight months of infantry work, you might have a different yeah. feeling about still wanting to do it? Yeah, like, um, I don't know. Cause I, back when I was enlisted, right, when I was doing 
um, when I was going to college and drilling one weekend every month, I was doing some, um, you know, some infantry stuff. And I was kind of like, it's, it's not that I was scared to go to like combat or anything and see like war. Like I wasn't afraid of that. It's just like, is this what I want my job to be full time? Like, gotcha. it's just, we do it so much. It's like, we do it so much. I don't know if I'd ever want to, once I get out of the Marines, like, I feel like I, I'd, I'd never want to kind of shoot a gun again. I'd be like, it, it just kind of remind me of the Marine Corps and just mm-hmm. that constant, like drag kind of thing. You know what I mean? And I yeah, like, I understand that. Yeah. I was like, I don't know if I'll ever want to kind of, <laughs> kind of go camping on my own again. Cause I, <laughs> you know, I've been doing it for a job yeah. constantly. So mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I was like, you know, if I do a different job in the Marines, I think I'll still be able to kind of go out and do some infantry stuff. Cause like I said, you know, every, at the end of the day, every Marine's a rifleman. So I can yeah. always rely on if I do want to go to the field or do some combat stuff, I can, I can do that. Cause that's mm-hmm. what's so great about the Marines is, you know, everyone is a rifleman. So. Yeah. But, a lot of times you hear people talk about, they don't want their, their passion or whatever to be, to feel like a job. And so I guess it kind of works right. for you where you don't want that passion, that, that fire you have for the Marines to kind of, turn into like oh now i have to do this instead of kind of i, I exactly do this exactly yeah and a good like a good analogy um i guess is like well in, so in my free time right like if i i feel like if i did infantry right in my free time i i wouldn't really want to go i i'm a big outdoors guy right and i love to go camping hiking shoot guns but mm. if i did infantry and i'm doing that all the time in my free time for hobby i'm not going to want to go hiking or camping or shooting guns because like that's my job do. all the time. Yeah, yeah. You know makes I mean? sense. And it's mm-hmm. kind of like it's kind of like my brother. Like when he was playing at Michigan, um, his life was football, right? And on yeah. Sundays, I'd call him and be like, "Hey, like, are you watching the NFL? Like, do you see that catch or whatever?" And he'd be like, "He honestly would be like, dude, to be honest, I do not watch football on Sundays or watch the NFL. Like, I need a break from it because that's my job. Mm-hmm. I do that constantly." And I was like, "Damn, man! Like, I didn't even think of that. Like, that I I totally understand that. It makes sense." So that was mm-hmm. kind of my thing with like doing infantry and being in the field all the time. Like if I'm doing it all the time, I feel like when I, I want to go out and do it on my own time, I'm not going to have that same desire to do it. Cause that's, that's what I'm kind of being forced to do for a job. You, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. That yeah. makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So, but I mean, if I, if I, if they gave me infantry, like I, I would, I would have done it. Obviously I wouldn't have complained, but since they gave me the option, like you don't have to put infantry number one, I was like, you know what? I'm not, I'm not going to put it one. Then I'll put some other kind of skill that maybe I can utilize after the Marines, which happened mm-hmm. to be ground spline. I'm, I'm perfectly happy with this job because it's, I'm learning some great stuff that I'll be able to use after the Marines too. Yeah. That's a smart choice. It sounds Definitely important. A smart too, choice, yeah. You know? yeah. So I'm getting, I'm getting the best of both worlds, you know, uh, exactly. I'm, I'm shooting guns, you know, getting out in the field with the guys and having this craft, this ground supply. So mm-hmm. I'm getting, you know, hitting, yeah, it's it's going good, and I'm, you know, I'm pumped for what, whatever kind of happens after, you know. Yep. You talked about your your two long boot camps, and so that means you're kind of every day you're just going out with your group of guys and working hard. So, did you create bonds with the people you're working with like very quickly? Or did it kind of, just like any relationship, take a while to like build bonds with your other uh, guys there? Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, 
honestly, Michael, that's like one of the great things about the Marines is if you ask any Marine, they'll tell you one of the best things about the Marines is the brotherhood. Like I'm still talking to some of my buddies five years ago that I don't even see anymore. You know, I'll still stay in touch with them, shoot them a text. Um, and I'll, I'll have those guys for life. Like the, the bonds slash brotherhood is so, I really can't explain it, but it's just, we've been through such challenging, rough times together, um, mm-hmm. that it just builds our relationship so much stronger. So when I was at boot camp five years ago, up Paris Island, you know, they don't, they don't, um, put you in alignment with the guys to your left and right. Like you don't get to choose who's sleeping in your bunk bed. You know, I mean, it's the Marine Corps. They don't care. So you don't have a choice. If if there's a guy, you know, sleeping above you and you absolutely hate the guy, well, you better become friends with him real quick because he's not going anywhere. So Mm -hmm. I think one of the great, you know, aspects the Marines have taught me is you you always have to be flexible. Like you never know what's going to happen. What, what boss you're going to get, what guys are going to be to the left and right of you fighting for your lives. Like at the end of the day, I could be fighting with this guy who's sleeping above me and we could be in a life or death situation at war. And you got to be able to rely on each other, no matter how much you hate that guy or not. And I'll tell you right now, I've met some kids in the Marines that I absolutely cannot stand. But at the end of the day, there were some situations where, you know, I don't have a choice. Like I can't put, my emotions in front of me, like I need this guy kind of to work with me because mm-hmm. um, if we're not going to work hand in hand together, we could both be killed instantly. So yeah. that was one of the great, the great things I'd say I learned at Paris Island five years ago originally is you can always rely on um, a Marine to your left and right of you because at the end of the day, you have all gone through um these challenges and hardships together and we've all embraced the suck together. So um, it's when you're in, yeah, those tough situations, especially at Paris Island, there's a thing we do called the crucible, which is like the final culminating event of what determines if you'll be a Marine or not. It's like a tryout and it's 54 hours of no sleep, just constant training 24 seven. It's really different. Yeah, these different combat stress situations at, at you, and you have to be able to kind of think on your feet and work with the Marines next to you because it's a team effort. Mm-hmm. And um, that's, you know, that's a big make or break type thing. Um, and yeah, it really goes to show you, you know, who can handle the different, who can handle the stress and work well as a team with the guys to your left and right. So um, I built some really good relationships with those those guys there and I do still stay in touch with them. And honestly, like um, those guys, I know for a fact, I'll, I guarantee you talk. I'll talk with them and stay in touch with them until I die. Like I know um, if those guys ever need anything, even if I haven't talked to them in 10 years, we all went through that same boot camp together and that same um, suck together that, no matter what, you know, I always, they always have my back and I always have theirs. And that's that bond, you know, the Marines, um, the Marines instills in us is we all bleed green. We're all the same. Every single mm-hmm. Marine is given the same gear, no matter, you know, no matter what class you come from, they don't, they don't care where you come from, you know, how 
rich your family background is, you know, what nothing matters. Like every single Marine is the same. So, um, they really make the best, um, they make the best out of you and they make great men in general, I think. And honestly, I, I talk to people about it and it sounds crazy, but I think that nowadays, especially nowadays, I think that every single, um, man should serve at least two years in the military. And I think, um, I think a lot of problems slash situations in the United States specifically would be solved today. Um, and I know there's some other countries actually, Mike, you might remember, um, you remember Nohar? Oh yeah. She had to go into yeah. the, the military. So, right. She, she had to go back to serve some countries. She was from Israel and they, they make you serve no matter what, like you have to serve. And, mm-hmm. um, I, I forget, I don't know if like she, obviously she didn't have the choice to, but like, I respect that so much, you know, just the fact that I don't know if she wanted to do or not, but the fact that, you know, she did, she went back there and did that and that that country does that. Like I, I give them a lot of props and honor. Like that's not easy to do. And I think, um, the military instills a lot of great values and people and really, brings out you know the best of people and i think if this country did that we'd be a completely different country today it would solve a lot of our nation's problems you know um, south korea know actually does people... that yeah south korea, yeah, yeah. South i think korea every that. like when you turn 18 you have to do like a specific amount of military time all the guys yep right right and yeah i think honestly it i don't know if you follow up on the news but the military not the marine the military in general is at its lowest retention rate right now with recruiting because i think of just all like the stuff that's going on in the country and you know they just can't they can't retain and get good recruits anymore so (laughs) the air force has um extended the body percentage for their recruits i think it's now like i don't know the specific number but it's something kind of crazy i'm like dude like you're having some of these guys that are really overweight and just letting them join the air force they might not even be able to do a single like push up, but they're like, Hey, you know, we need more. Like we'll take you. It's, it's kind of scary to think because mm-hmm. I know for a fact in another country like Russia, who's a big threat right now, they don't care. You know, they're having guys, they're having real, you know, fit guys join their military. And I don't know if you have to serve in Russia, but I know a lot of our other threats like china russia they're not really having that same problem we are right now with getting good recruits and having a good retention rate and mm-hmm. it's scary to think you know a few years from now you know what's going to happen with that if the military you know continues to decline so it's it's really interesting it really is on what, where it's going to go yeah and back to what you were saying that it sounds like a very special type of relationship that you build with your your other brothers in the army and like you were saying if everyone had to do two years i think it definitely would make a difference because like you were saying you don't have a choice on how you go about your relationships with someone else next to you because right. you need to depend on them you have to count on them and life or death situations that they're going to have your back and you're going to have theirs where in out here outside exactly. the army you can see someone you don't like and you can choose not to acknowledge mm-hmm. them or do anything for them but right when you're right. facing those situations, like you need to put everything aside and worry about what you need to get get done. So 
I think exactly, it could definitely exactly. be something that would improve, but I don't know if that's ever going to happen. Yeah, yeah, that that's a good point you made there too. Is every like everyone puts whatever it is aside, and at the end of the day, you know, no one no one cares. You know, just mm. put everything aside. That that's what's so you know great about um, the military in general. But yeah. So you said you have three more uh, active duty years left. Do you see yourself going beyond those three years? Or do you think once those three years are up, you might go, like you said, try to explore other options with your uh, current job and to the, and like in the real world? Oh yeah, that that's a great question. I, I've honestly, I've, I've asked myself the same, same question now, um, you know, is if I want to, um you know stick with it um and i think honestly it's hard to tell now because i haven't gotten to the fleet yet and the fleet is like basically where you finish school and you're doing your job right right mm -hmm. now i'm still in ground supply school and i haven't gotten there yet i haven't actually executed my job and gotten deployed yet so it's hard to say right now um but um yeah, I really, I, I can't say if, if I do decide to stay in longer, I think I'll do the full 20 because when you do 20 years in the Marines, you get that pension and that's a mm -hmm. good little free paycheck, you know, for the rest of your life. Yeah. I've heard about um, those. I've heard those are pretty good. Yeah. You know, yeah, but it's, it's, I mean, I'm sure as you know, you guys know, you know, the military, it's, it's a lot, especially the Marines, especially being an officer, you know, um, you know, you're not getting paid by the hour and some days you'll work zero four in the morning till, midnight you know i had a lot of days at the basic school where we weren't sleeping and we were just constantly grinding it it, it takes a lot out of you i mean at the end of the day mm -hmm. don't get me wrong i love it but i love it but um it it, it does a toll on your body it, it does a lot um I can imagine and it's crazy <laughs> if, if you look at my hair from the start of if you look at my I'm trying to think what it was if you look at my hair from uh the start of tvs to the end it's crazy to notice the gray hair I've gotten in my hair. It sounds crazy. But, um, oh, man. If, if you were to see me now and, and look at my hair, you'd be like, damn, dude, you're really getting a lot of gray hairs. And a lot of guys would make fun of me for that because it's crazy if you did it before and after. Like, I've gotten mm -hmm. some good gray hairs just from all the, you know, just all the stress and just, you know, how much it does on your body. It's crazy. Yeah. And I guess it just comes down to thinking about looking at your life after the Marines. And like you said, right. it takes a toll on your body. So you don't want to spend too many years taking tolls on your body to where once yep. you, you finish, you can't really go out and enjoy that however many years you have left exactly. outside of the Marines. Right. And that's that's a big thing, too, like, you know, Mike, is a lot of those guys who go full-time infantry, right, full-time infantry, they end up after when they get out, they have back problems. Um, you know, they can never uh, – walk the same way again they can't lift a lot of those guys have to go to the va and get medical disabilities because they either have they're partially um partially deaf they have severe back problems like i give those guys a lot of credit because once they're done you know they they some of those guys have serious problems you know with their bodies physically and you know i love i'm a pretty physically active guy i love working out love hiking i i want to make sure that i'm still fully able to do those things after the marines mm -hmm. whenever i do decide to get out and yeah. hopefully that's something i won't have to worry about you know yeah and i'm sure you know if if you you know decide to have kids you want to be able to 
you know, toss the ball around in the yard, you know, run after them, take them on hikes with you. I know you said you're a big outdoors guy. So, you know, just doing all those outdoor activities you love with them. So looking after your own health is definitely a big, important decision you have to make when looking how long you want to serve. For sure. You're exactly right. Yeah. Um, so I know you said your your grandfather was in the Marines and you talked to him about making your decision, but what did your, the rest of your family think about you joining the Marines and how did they react to you making that decision you wanted to do after you graduated high school? <laughs> oh man. Yeah, that's uh, that's a great question. Um, actually I never told my mom, so Oh, oh shit. I, yeah, this is a great this is a great story. So I um in high school, you know, my mom and dad were a big believer obviously in stressor and you know we know you want to serve, but you gotta go to college. It's so big to have a degree to have a degree. You gotta go to college. And I get that, you know, it is nowadays, you know, it's very useful to have a degree, but um after kind of football didn't work out for me, you know, I really um didn't have too many options to play football in college. Mm-hmm. I was so set on another challenge, which was, you know, the Marines, you know, if I'm not going to play football in college, you know, I'm doing the Marines. So junior year came around. I really, you know, I, I really didn't get any offers in football. And I was like, I'm so set on the Marines. Like, I don't want to wait till after college. You know, I want to be challenged both physically and mentally and join the Marines. So it was junior year of high school at, 17 years old, you're allowed to start talking to recruiters, right? You can't sign a mm-hmm. contract until you're 18. But at 17, you can still talk to recruiters. So I go online on my laptop, and I see one of those awesome, motivating, cool uh, Marine Corps uh, ads that's like, join now. And it's like the few, the proud, the many. And just a cool, <laughs> motivational badass. They get some guys with some guns. And I was like, man, I am set. Threw my email in there. Click submit. What do you know? The next day I get an email from a recruiter out in New Haven and he's like, Hey Jax, we, we see you're interested in joining the Marine Corps. And my head went through the roof. I was so excited. I was like, let's go. I, I, I'll be honest. I didn't think that guy was ever going to get back to me, but so yeah, a week goes by, I go in the office and from there, the rest is history, man. I uh, started doing workouts with the Marines like once a week. Um, I started doing that junior year kind of towards it was like the end of football season in basketball. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I was doing that and, you know, I was playing for junior year. I was playing for coach B coach Beckerman and we were doing some great, we, we ran so much as you know, you know, with coach Beckerman and coach Doherty. So I was in good shape. So mm-hmm. I was really killing these Marine Corps workouts. And I think the hardest thing for me was the pull-ups, but um, I started putting some, some weight on some muscle and I started cranking up pull-ups and I got a really good uh, physical fitness score for the Marines, which is every year you have to do a PFT, which consists of a three mile run, as many pull-ups as you can do and a um, three minute 45 plank. And I was, I was killing it. I wasn't getting a perfect score, but I was getting a pretty good damn score. And it's just kind of like, it was something I was good at. So I was just very, uh, determined and set on like I'm, I'm joining the Marines I'm going so I talked to the recruiter and I was like listen like my parents really want me to go to college and I think you know I went to Hammond Hall you know that's not a cheap school like the whole point of going to Hammond Hall is to get a good a good um, college of mine and go to college so it's like I got to go to college but I really want to do the Marines so 
they threw a few ROTC options at me, um, which is um, something I was kind of interested, but I was like, that's not the same. It's like actually joining the Marine Corps. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys know, not a lot of people do is like the ROTC is like, you're not in the military. Um, it, it's like, it's like a club. Like you are, you do stuff similar to the military, but you don't actually, um, you aren't actually in the military until you go to boot camp. And then once you graduate, that's when you actually join. And I was like, oh, that's not like, I was like, that's fake Marines. Those are fake <laughs> Marines. Like, I don't want to do that. I want to, mm-hmm. I want to enlist and I want to enlist and I want to go to, go to Paris Island at 13 week, you know, boot camp, And I want to actually do it. So then the recruiter started talking about the reserves. It's like, Oh, well actually you can do the reserves, which is, um, basically, you know, you drill one week at every month, two full weeks in the summer, and you can also maintain, you know, a normal career, like have a job or go to college. And I was like, Boom, I'm sold sign me up for the reserves. So, um, I went to MEPS, which is like the military entrance processing station, signed some stuff. I, I'll be honest. I really didn't even know what I was signing. I was 17 at the time <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't realize, and a lot of recruiters do this. I didn't realize I was actually signing my life away to uncle sam i'll be honest i signed something boom stamps your government property you're going to paris island on this date and i didn't know that time so mm-hmm. a week later goes and i'm in there and i'm like uh he was a sergeant so i was like hey sergeant like i'm still thinking about the reserves like i gotta gotta talk with my parents you know before i actually like put in an application and like apply and everything and i look up at the board and it just says shipping june 11th uh, recruit schoolmaker and I was like oh my god like man that, that, I that was, right was after like, graduation gee yeah I was like why is my name up there and that was that was literally junior year of high school and he's like oh well you know you did go to MEPS and like you signed this stuff and like you're ready to go and I was like oh my god like wait till I tell my parents like and you can't you're once you sign that contract you're locked in like you cannot leave cannot Mm-hmm. It's a war crime if you leave. You're you are obligated to do and serve. So I was honestly pumped, but I was also really scared to tell my parents. So <laughs> I will be I uh I went back. Yeah, I went back like uh I can't remember if I told my my siblings. I, I don't think I did. Uh I might have told Luke, you know, talking to him and but I remember mm-hmm. telling my dad and he was like, Oh man, like wait till your mother hears that and I was like, Oh, I don't know if I can <laughs> If I can tell my mom. So I ended up waiting to tell her like a year later, once it was our senior year. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you remember, I don't know if you remember, Michael, we did, um, you know, we did the uh, senior projects for our senior year towards, yep. toward, it was towards the end, right? We were going to graduate. And I ended up doing for my senior project, like Marine Corps prep for boot camp. And I think it was in, it was probably like March. I waited a year. Didn't tell my mom. It was probably March. Um, t- Two months, like two-ish month, three months away from shipping through boot camp. Mm-hmm. Went home. I was like, I, I got to tell her. So I brought her down the basement. <laughs> broke her the news. She started crying. She was, she was so upset. Like, I mean, I, I, I would be too. I was like, oh my gosh. Like, <laughs> and she was really upset for me. But at the end of the day, like, she was also, you know, really happy for me. Like, that's obviously a huge decision I made and a big accomplishment, you know, that I'm going to be obviously serving the country as a Marine, just like mm-hmm. my mom's father. Cause my grandpa, that's my mom's father. She was very proud, but 
you know, like a mama's boy. She's upset. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's <laughs> definitely a scary thing so, to hear that your your kids yeah, are gonna go yeah, fight for the country. Yeah. Going to, yeah, going to war. So you know that's hard to hear. So I mean, I don't blame her, but you know, look up back in it, it all it all ended up you know working out, and um, I really I wouldn't if I could go back, I really wouldn't change anything. So, um. What do you know? Three months later, you know, we graduate high school. A week later, I ship off to uh, Paris Island, That's and insane, my my family was really yeah, they were really happy for me, and you know, I ended up doing really well there. So they were they were pretty you know, my mom and dad were very they, my mom eventually you know it took her like a week to recover from being upset, but she was really happy for me and pumped up. And at the end of the day, you know, I did still go to college and you know pursue the Marine Corps. I I got to do both, so it, it worked mm. out great. That's good. That's good. Yeah. So, recently you just got engaged. So, congratulations on that. Congrats. Oh, my goodness. Congrats. Congrats. I did, man. I did. Thank you. Um, big, big decision. Yeah. So, I know, even though it's not your mom, I'm pretty sure your you're now fiancé is still probably worried about you being in the Marines and, and everything. So, what is that like having, you know, instead of, you know, a girlfriend now, which is your, your fiancé, you're planning to spend yeah. the rest of your life with her so how does how was that kind of relationship yeah. with her and then you with being in the marines so actually it's actually um we actually tied the knot on august 1st so it is my oh, wife wow. now so we got wow. yeah we got married wow. august 1st big congratulations wow congrats Holy. yeah i know it was pretty quick back to back but um yeah we did a small um like a really small wedding um, and then we do plan on having like a bigger wedding next year in the church. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're going to have a big wedding in the church next year, but, um, yeah, I, I, I thought it was the best decision, you know, to get married before I kind of head out to California. Um, cause I, I know, I already know it's going to be a grind out there and I, I think it would have been kind of tough to leave, you know, Katie here while I was out there. So yeah. Um, I mean, I had, I had known, you know, right from the get-go, I'd always want to marry her, and I thought, you know, it's the best decision to get married now, and then, you know, we can have a big wedding next year, so. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, anyways, back to your question. Um, yeah, I remember um, Catherine, Katie, has she's always been so supportive, you know, of me and the Marines, and um, she, um, she knows, like, that expectation that they have from me, you know, in terms of, the amount of time that I have to put into the Marines and, you know, the amount of time in a sense, it kind of takes away from her, but mm-hmm. you know, that's all part of life. Like you got to be able to manage, you know, your work and, you know, your family both at the same time. And, um, back when we were, um, just dating, you know, in college. So we met, um, sophomore year in college, you know, we've been together for three years now, but you know, I was in the Marines and she, she knew that and I remember telling her that and she honestly thought it was kind of a, uh, a turn on for her. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She was, she was all for it. Like she really loved the fact that I was serving the country. You know, she loves when I throw the, uh, the union and she, mm-hmm. she couldn't be more supportive and she's been very helpful in the whole process. And, That's great. um, yeah, she's been the best to me and I'm, I'm really blessed by God to have met her and to have her in my life. And yeah, she's never, honestly, I've never had to worry about being, you know, far from her, like gone. Meaning I was, so when I went to boot camp, uh, two years ago, I, I only got 
to uh, to send letters to her. We we only talked on the phone like twice, and although it was really hard for her, you know, she got through it. And at the end of the day, like, um, I think it's you know, it's I give her a lot of credit, you know, because I'm not talking to her at all, and that's that's not easy. So, um, yeah, she kind of she knew what to expect. Like I remember, um, once we kind of started getting serious in our relationship, I kind of told her like, listen, like you know, after college, like, you know, I'm going to be going full time in the military. Like, um, I want, you know, we talked about, you know, what that expectation is and, and she understood that she still, you know, was very all for it and very supportive. And, you know, she thinks what I'm doing is just, um, the best. And yeah, she was very, she couldn't, she could be more supportive and yeah, I'm just really lucky to have her. And, you know, she's, obviously coming out with me to 29 we move out there and um it's like a month away we're moving out to 29 and then yeah like i'll be honest like in the next i got three years i probably will deploy which means you know i'll be out in a another country um for about usually deployment to like 10 months so i'll be gone Damn. for that long but you know she knows she knows that you know that's a definitely a possibility and she's very supportive and you know um, just like any, um, and it's any military member, you know, especially Marines, you know, there's a chance, you know, if something pops off, you know, we could go to war and, you know, as tough it is, you know, for me to say it, but, you know, she knows that there might be a time where, you know, if I do get deployed, like you never know if something could happen. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's hard to say that to her, but, you know, she's understanding and she, um, she yeah she understands what the marines intakes and what you know i have to go through and you know my likelihood of getting deployed in the next two years is very likely so mm-hmm. um yeah she she does understand it she like i said is very supportive so yeah, definitely sounds like a keeper i can see why you yeah, yeah congrats, man that's uh, awesome yeah she's yeah thank you thank you guys very much she um I wouldn't be where I'm at today, and I wouldn't be who I am today without it. So, all props to Katie. You love to hear that. Shout out to you, Katie. Yeah. Shout out to, Shout <laughs> yeah. Out to Katie. Yeah, she'll be listening. <laughs> um, I do have a question about the deployment. So, you said they're typically like yeah. 10 months or so. Um, but say something like yep. pops off on like month nine, yep. right? It, would it be extended yeah. like an unknown period, or would you would come like, would it be another yeah. 10 months so or something? I'll, yeah, so I'll tell you there is um, a deployment possibility for me. I really can't say too much information about it, but mm-hmm. um, it, it could obviously involve possibly getting extended if something does pop off. So that is a possibility. Um, you know, your deployments can always, you know, they can get extended, really. You always have to, that's honestly, that's the biggest thing I tell people if they want to join the military or if they in the military and it's, you know, something I always tell Katie is things change on the fly in the Marines. You always mm-hmm. have to be flexible. I could, I could say, you know, I'm coming home next month from this deployment and then they're like, Hey man, something just happened. We got to go out for another three months. Like you just never know. Yeah. You always have to be ready for whatever comes your way. And that's honestly one of the hardest things in the military to endure is like, they call it standby and wait, you know, you're just constantly waiting for something to happen. Like, where's the word? Like you just always have to be flexible and 
just ready for whatever comes your way. And that, that is why a lot of people do end up leaving the Marines is because they can't, they're just so sick of that, just being flexible. And like, you're not on your own time. You're on the Marines time. They tell you what to do. Like, and it is, I get that it's tough, but it, it all comes down to discipline. You know, that's one of the biggest things they instill in us back in boot camp is discipline, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I, but yeah, deployments, they do, they can get extended and, you know, all depends on kind of the, if we're at war or not and such. So. Gotcha. I know, well, I know from what I've seen from, from movies and, and stuff like that, a lot of times when people yep. do get deployed, they can't really talk about where they're going. So their their family right. and loved ones don't really know where their their you know spouse or dad or brother exactly. is at. So I don't know if that's ever happened to you yet, but if you do ever get deployed and you aren't able to tell anyone, how how do you think you'll be able to handle that? Not knowing that people like your loved ones know where you are. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's a great that's something I've had to think about. Cause there's, you know, an op- there's something coming up that that might be the case, Michael. And mm-hmm. I might not, I probably won't be able to say, you know, what we're doing just cause I think you guys are all pretty well aware of what's going on right now with a few other big countries. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. So that's a big, that's a big possibility. And, um, yeah, you know, usually, um, it, it's, it's, it's tough, obviously with technology changing, like, if you look back when my grandfather was serving, there were no phones. So people didn't know where the hell you were or when you were coming home. It was all mail. But nowadays, you know, we have cell phones and it you're not on your phone obviously all the time, but you do get the opportunity to do like FaceTime and Skype and um you know, I I I think it'd be hard, you know, not being able to kind of tell my family and like Katie like where I'm at and what I'm doing. Um and there is a line, like I can tell them certain stuff, but you know, some stuff is classified and um, I think at the end of the day, like, I think I'd be able to handle it pretty well because, you know, like I said, you know, they know what I signed up for and there's obviously going to be some situations. There's possible situations where, you know, it could be pertaining to warfare and there's stuff I can't say and when I'm coming home exactly. But mm-hmm. since I've been in for five years, I think I've, um, I, I know what that, that expectation is and I know how to handle it myself. And mm-hmm. I've told um, like Katie knows that about it and, you know, I think she'd handle it very well too. Um, and you know, at the, at the end of the day, you just got to be kind of ready for whatever comes your way, you know? Yeah. I know on this, I don't think it might've been on the podcast, but I know we've talked about it outside, like me, Dante and Matt have kind of talked about if like, say if we had a job as such as the military or some other part of the government where we have to work and we can't come home and and tell our, our wives or whoever that what mm-hmm. we're doing or I think it would be yeah. so hard for me to like come home and yeah, you know your wife is like how was work is like I, I can't talk about it because I feel like that's just such a, a big part of your life that you have to kind of keep to yourself You're right. obviously you have like you know your the other members of the military you can talk to but having that like yep. one person that you you chose to spend your life with that's like one of the most special people in your life that you can't even talk about what you do I feel like is definitely right really really hard yep yeah um and yeah that's another thing like i was pretty set on i was criminal justice major i was pretty set on kind of still am possibly set on after the marines joining a three-letter agency like specifically the cia and the dea but Mm -hmm. like a year back i met with this guy about like you know he i just sat down he's gonna tell me what the job's like and 
this man's got two phones. He's like looking over his left <laughs> and right to see if anyone's watching him. I'm like, mm-hmm. dude, this is insane. Like I had to like text him on like a weird number, like a fake number. And he was giving a lowdown. Like he's like, at the end of the day, I go home every day and my wife has no idea what I'm doing. And it's a tough lifestyle. And I'm like, I thought about it. I'm like, I mean, the Marines is enough for me right now, just this lifestyle. But I can't imagine after doing something like that all over again. Like mm-hmm. it, it is a lot. And you, you got to think of the way I see it is you got to think of your wife and kids, like that strain you're putting on them. Like that can't be easy for them. Yeah, Even that's when that's true. Um, you know, there's, there's a guy I love, Chris Kyle, you know, I'm sure you've heard of him. The yeah. American sniper. Yeah, American sniper. He did six. Yeah. He did six. He did like six or seven deployments for, and each deployment's a year. I'm like, damn, it's almost like you think like, I know some people just view it as selfishness. Like, dude, like you have a wife and kids at home and you're, you've done seven deployments gone for seven years. Like your family's got to be. And the way I see it is like, if I want to the CIA or FBI after like, I, I got to make sure that that's fine, obviously with my wife. And once, once I have kids, like, you know, it's not me that I'm looking out for. It's, it's my wife and kids, you know? Yeah. So you gotta, you gotta know what you're putting them through too, because that's a huge part of it. That, yeah. that's why, you know, that's why the, the divorce rate is really high in the military is just constantly being gone all the time. And just that, that constant kind of like, yeah, not, not everyone's on the same page with you leaving all the time. It's tough. It's not an easy mm-hmm. lifestyle. That's for sure. Yeah. But is like you, obviously yeah. you won't be knowing everything you're getting yourself into and all the danger or potential harm you're putting yourself into, but I'm pretty but, sure when you're your kids and your wife are thinking about that. They're probably thinking about the worst possibilities at all times because they have no idea what to expect. So I think like you said, that that strain and stress is definitely a lot more on them than possibly you because you know and understand what you're doing and they have just zero idea what that's going to be. Right. Right. A whole lot of uncertainty. Yeah. It can be definitely, it can definitely be tough. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, Dante and Matt, do you guys have any, any further questions? Uh, I guess on a on a less serious note. So, are your boot camps? What, what kind of food was there? Because like you were, you said you were yeah, in the so, woods and stuff. Like, was it like? Yeah. So that no, that's a great question. So, at boot camp, they actually when we weren't in the field, when we were like just in garrison. When I say in garrison, that means like on base, right in the barracks mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, we have chow hall. So. Food in the military is called chow, your chow. Like, oh, let's go eat chow. So that's called food. So the chow halls are basically the cafeterias, and they served us pretty well. The food there oh, was nice. awesome. It'd be, they were very big in nutrition, making sure you get a specific amount of protein, carbohydrates, um, and you're hydrating. And they do treat you pretty well. Although a lot of people don't know that you, military members do have to pay for their own field, their own food. It's not free. They take it out of your paycheck. Oh, so that's crazy. it's not ex- but you are paying for it um and yeah those cafeteria meals were pretty good like it was a lot of chicken rice beans oh nice you know nice, just nice. all uh but in the field we have a thing called mres meals ready to eat and that's like the astronaut food where yeah i've seen you know, a lot of videos like right yeah. yeah yep yep a lot of a lot of uh yeah a lot of packet packaged foods and it's not terrible but when you're in the field for two weeks, like I was, and you eat those over and over, it's like, dude, I need something different. It gets old so quick. <laughs> I yeah. ate so many in one day that I got like really bad, um, like, 
I've got really bad, uh, like heartburn and like, um, oh, I, I really started, I ate, I probably ate like six in one day. That's way too many. It's just too much <laughs> sodium and stuff. And it, you start, mm-hmm. Oh, it's your acid reflexes get really bad if you eat too many of them in one day. And I did that and I found out the hard way. <laughs> so that wasn't pretty, but, um, yeah. Um, and those MREs, one MRE costs like 12 bucks. So Damn. What the it's, it's, it's a lot of money. You get a case of 12, it's like 150 bucks. It's a, they're expensive. And like, like I said, you're paying for those, you know, a lot of people don't know. We pay for all of our own uniforms, haircuts every week. Like, it, wow. it's not cheap that's tough. for sure yeah Man, i thought they would yeah. be providing that stuff for you guys especially thought, yeah, what you're doing. at least the food yeah no that's one of the biggest things you pay for your own food every single day uniforms that's all coming out of your paycheck that's crazy wow yeah as they that say is... you don't join the you don't join the military for money that's for sure i mean it is good benefits <laughs> and everything but like you're not rich mm. that's for sure yeah yeah i yeah. mean i would think with like such a big like military budget that you guys would be have at least some right. stuff paid for but i mean yeah. i guess the, um, all the machinery and weapons and technology oh, yeah. but yeah i feel like they should help let you me, guys let me, uh, yeah let me let me run you through a quick uh day when i was at the basic school we did a live fire range where it was one day where we got to shoot these really cool different weapons uh it consisted of like the so nowadays, every single Marine, the average rifleman carries an M27, which is a fully automatic uh, 5.56 caliber assault rifle. So you can either do full auto or single round. And like I said, that shoots 5.56. So that's like the standard issued um, rifleman weapon that you're always carrying. And mm-hmm. then for a sidearm, not it's, it's very rare to get a sidearm. Some guys get them, but... They now upgraded to the M, um, the M18, which is a nine millimeter handgun, or the M18, yeah, nine millimeter handgun. Um, and then, yeah, we shot those two, and then some of the other cool stuff we shot. Um, we we shot we shot that. So the M27, throughout my five years, I've probably shot over ten thousand rounds. I've shot so many five five six rounds from that thing. Mm-hmm. Um, done a lot of shooting. Um, I wish I was in Connecticut. I'd love to take you guys shooting because I got some pretty cool um, guns back at my house. Yeah, yeah I've so always wanted to back, shoot at the range. I've never done it before. It's a, it seems a lot of fun. It seems like a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. It's a good time. It's, it's unreal. Yeah, I got a, I got some really cool um, weapons. At my Because Connecticut's pretty strict with what you can and can't have. But if you're mm-hmm. a copper in the military, you can get whatever you want. And I got some cool stuff. So I, gotta sh- I definitely... Anytime I'm back, I should definitely, we should go out sometime and shoot. All right. All right. But yeah, yeah like so that, that day we shot the M240, which is a 7.62 by 51 machine gun. Shot that through some M67 hand grenades. Shot the Mark 19 40 millimeter grenade launcher. That thing rips. I mean, <laughs> it, it, I, I can't even explain. I got some cool GoPro videos I might have to send you guys. Um, Shot that, shot the 50 cal machine gun. I was going to ask but anyways, you shot that, yeah. Yeah, that thing's insane. Oh, my gosh. The, I mean, the, the kick's not terrible because it's, it's, um, it's supported by four, like, prongs on the ground. So it's, it's pretty stabilized. But mm-hmm. we had probably 300 guys total shoot every single one of those weapons. And I'm not exaggerating. We probably spent 
in ammunition at least like five hundred thousand dollars at least at least <laughs> that one day just think about just think about how many like that's one day 300 guys think about how many infantry guys there are and the whole military and how many rounds like we're talking billions of dollars going towards ammo like ammo nowadays is just so expensive but right there it had to have been like wow it, it just, just so much money i remember here they shot this one round out of a um, some type of, I think it was like an M72 law, right? Mm-hmm. It's like basically kind of like a like a high tech RPG. They shot one round. That one round cost twelve grand. Just that Damn. one round, twelve Damn. grand. Yeah. That's crazy. In the, in, the, in the garbage, and you only get to shoot it once. That obviously that round only lasts once. Twelve grand down the drain. Yeah, that's um, wow. That's... And I don't know if you remember when that that. Um, a few months back when that Chinese spy balloon was flying over the United States mm-hmm. and yeah, yeah. they had an air force, they had an air force, um, an air force aircraft, uh, fire at it, take it down. And the guy missed and that one round, um, that one rocket he shot, that he missed, I kid you not, it cost four hundred thousand dollars. Four hundred thousand dollars. And he missed down the range. <laughs> down, and he missed. I don't think people That's realize an expensive miss. Oh yeah. I don't think people realize how expensive it is for ammo and the fact that if we go to war, like war is it obviously insanely expensive. I mean we've been sending billions and billions of dollars over to Ukraine for different different things to help support them with ammo, different weapons. I mean, billions of dollars. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing you got to think about with warfare. Like, obviously we just had, we just dealt with COVID and that really kind of plummeted the economy. Like think about if we went to war with, with Russia or China, like how much more debt that would put us in. It's, it's insane. Like, um, yeah, the amount of money, these different weapons and ammo costs, it's insane. It's insane. We're talking trillions of dollars for all i would always see those videos on like tiktok or instagram whatever of like that one like air defense weapon like shooting off however many rounds a second and then in the comments you'd see people talking about there goes like however million dollars in just like five seconds it's just gone just like oh yeah right you're funny because you think they're lying but they're not a million dollars for all those rounds i guarantee it Mm -hmm. it's insane it's insane um, yeah, I, I guess it really crazy. does put it in perspective of of why so much of our our spending goes to military, just because everything. Oh, like, yeah. like you said, one one missile from a, a Air Force jet is four hundred thousand dollars. That's just that we, that we missed, dude. Yeah, now it's outrageous. And you got to think, uh, they got to pay every single military member in the military. They got to, you know, benefits, healthcare benefits. You know, we get um, them supplying different things it's it's definitely not cheap it is i mean our military is obviously the best in the world but you got to think of the amount of money that goes into our military it's insane mm-hmm. yeah that's crazy um, yeah and and another thing like looking back when we pulled out of afghanistan uh was it last year yeah last year i think we left all that i don't know if you remember if you guys read about it that um just about you know the withdrawal of afghanistan we left like billions of dollars of weapons and gear there in afghanistan we just left it because like i mean like what were we gonna like how could we transport it back to the united states you know what i mean there's 
it's only so much you could transport because we were it was an emergency evacuation so we left mm -hmm. billions of dollars of weapons and ammo and unfortunately you know now the taliban have it and you know it's obviously not going to good use with that with it in their hands but it's just it's crazy yeah i never really sat down and thought about how expensive things yeah. were in the military you just hear everyone complain or discuss about how much military spending there is but you never right. really hear the breakdown of how much things cost exactly. and why there exactly. needs to be a bunch of uh the budget is so big for for military spending right right there's a little more to it behind the scenes people don't know about exactly mm -hmm. oh i'm glad yeah. i got to you know hear a little bit about that yeah man so now it's yeah okay, okay. i understand why yeah yeah i mean i mean i could um i could talk hours on it you know it's like the, just this stuff is a whole other language for me. There's so much that goes into it. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, a lot of people I think just see the, the surface level of what goes on for sure in the military and yep. now behind the scenes or just they don't ever dig a little deeper to actually understand everything right. that goes on. Right. Yeah, a lot of a lot of people don't really like a lot of people don't really research it or know a lot about it. Like I remember there was this TikTok video you. Um, and this guy just goes around a mall just asking people, like, what are the different branches in the military? And, like, this girl couldn't even, she could, she, she could name one, just the army. That was it. She's like, uh, just the army? And then there was another question she asked. She's like, um, what is the 4th of July? And, like, this other guy, didn't, he had no idea. It's just, like, the time we're at right now, I mean, we're not at war. But if you look at how much more, um, I guess... Uh, how much more attention and um, how much more um, what's the word how much more I guess respected and just like people knew a lot more about the military back I feel like back in the the uh, like 40s and 50s and 60s when we were actually in war with with um, in World War II and in, in the Vietnam War like everyone was getting drafted so like mm -hmm. it was a big deal like everyone knew the different everyone knew the different branches everyone knew what the marines were and like everyone knew a lot more about the military compared to today like obviously like we talked about you know the retention rate's so low but like no mm -hmm. one really i feel like knows how much about the military you know yeah because like when you said back in the, the 40s yeah the 40s and 50s even though you weren't in the military it was still kind of part of your life because there was an active war going on so you had exactly. to pay attention exactly. on and it was also affecting right. your daily life with the i don't know if it was world war one or world war two but like when you had a ration your food and the gas because everything had to go exactly towards the military in order to you know protect the country so now the fact that right we don't have to worry about that as much is not really a thought about maybe what the military does or who they are just exactly. because they're not really affecting or we don't see the effect that they're having on our day-to-day -day life. Right. Um, and yeah, actually at our different infantry schools that I went to, we studied a lot of history, like a lot of the older wars, like World War One and World War Two. We studied the tactics they used, obviously, oh, because, wow. you know, history repeats itself and, you know, we want to learn and grow. So we did a lot of mm -hmm. battle case studies on like why they chose to make this decision. Why did they do a left flank? Like, why did they use this weapon? Like, what... You know what I mean? We we really dug deep into some of these different battles back then 
and understood, you know, what the whole logic and, and, um, really, really critiqued it. So, um, the military definitely learns and grows from its past wars. And the biggest line I teach us is, you know, we don't want to make the same mistakes we made in the previous wars, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Wow. So when you, Oh, Dante, did you have a question? No, no, I'm just interested. <laughs> so when you, when you are in, you know, military school and looking back on previous wars and learning from the tactics, um, yep. is it kind of just looking at, you know, paper and, they're them showing you like where they went and how they went or is there actual like video footage of some of the maneuvers or tactics they used in the wars um so yeah i'll be honest um like it's hard to display all the um the different logic and and routes that they took and why seeing Mm -hmm. it with film because like they like i mean videos are great obviously we did watch videos but we more did like i'm talking like um it's literally michael like we use these sex tables where it's basically like you know in football how we'd have um like team meetings every week where we'd go over plays playbook yep we have like our own playbook so every single operation we did when i was at the basic school when we'd raid certain houses um or had a mission to complete I'm talking, we would put hours and hours into the planning. Anytime you see, like, um, I talked about that movie, Lone Survivor, or any type of, like, raid, the amount of hours they put into it behind the scenes, drawing up what, drawing up the playbook and what they're going to do, how they're going to attack, you know, this enemy. I mean, there's so much more to it people don't even know about. I'm talking, like, we'd have to write up, like, a 20-page um we call it order a 20 page order which is basically um we write out we do reconnaissance it's basically called a five paragraph order right which is we do an orientation on the layout um the situation what we're dealing with the mission what's our overall mission what we're trying to accomplish um how we're going to execute it right um the administration that goes into it and then um you know the control so all those different aspects we put paragraphs and paragraphs into it on how we're going to execute this possibly one hour operation. Right. Like mm-hmm. um, when, when the Navy SEALs raided Osama bin Laden um, back then, it could have, I, I forget how long it took them. Let's say it took them an hour. The amount of hours they did into planning that behind the scenes, I get it was, we're talking weeks into planning out that operation. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's insane. So it's better to do it. To, I'd say not. It's hard to kind of drop these plays and execute seeing it virtually. You kind of have to read about it and and write up a playbook. We call it. Uh, we did these stack tables where it's like a three D map. I don't know if you guys have seen that movies and stuff where we all crowd uh, we all crowd around this big stack table. It's this three D map of where we're going to be executing our mission. Mm-hmm. I think I've seen and some we, of those before. We, yeah, and we it's called we yeah it's called we walk the dog. We have a, we have a stick. We have like. Um, we, we make the table look like it's like a, basically a big map. It's like a layout of our game plan. Mm-hmm. So it's a big playbook. And we run through play by play, what we're going to do and why we're doing that and the different aspects that go into it. So it's basically like in a football team, when they watch film, right. For a team, they're going to play. Well, we do this sex table where we put hours and hours into how we're going to defeat the enemy. 
hours mm-hmm. of it. So it, that's that's like the execution's one thing when we actually physically go out and attack the enemy, but the behind the scenes, the amount of studying, planning that goes into it, that's that's the biggest part a lot of people don't even know about. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like very There's intense so much... moments through a, like the weeks leading oh, up yeah. to whatever you guys end yeah. up planning and right. having to execute, which like you said, exactly. not many people know about. So I think that yeah. it's a lot of things, um, I guess, when it's only really portrayed in the media is what people yep. don't really know about what goes on behind the scenes. They just know exactly. what they see like, and then they can make their assumptions of how it happens or, you know, how much goes into it, right. but they never really know what actually goes into it unless they hear it from people who actually go through those those moments leading exactly. up to whatever they end up seeing exactly. for the final production. That's, that's you, you couldn't have said any better. And um, yeah, like the media and, you know, they, they do agree, you know, I mean, they do do a good job of, you know, portraying what actually happens in like um, different wars and different operations, but there's so much more behind the scenes, you know, that goes into it that people have no idea about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what really interesting. Yeah. Stuff. Go ahead, Dante. What you were, what you were saying about like planning operations and how it takes weeks and weeks, and on top of that, how yeah. the Marines and stuff are always on the fly and changing things. That's what's happening. I can only imagine like all yep. the contingencies you're trying to think of, and then other things that would happen on the operation that weren't accounted for, maybe. Right. And it's just so many things are changing yep. all the time. Yep. That's insane. So many things, and that that um. So there'd be times where that's a great point. This is um, something good to talk about is we would back at the basic school. Like I bring up the basic school a lot because we did so much stuff in the field, so much operations, tons and tons. I mean, the whole goal of the basic school is to be a master, to be able to lead Marines into battle as an officer. You have to be a master in the infantry craft. Like you have to know everything because you're the one that's calling the shot. And if mm-hmm. you don't know something, then the whole platoon's screwed. Like, you, the spotlight's mm-hmm. on you. You got to know what you're doing. So Man, we have to know everything. So basically, yeah, no, it, it, it is a lot. A lot of stress and a lot of pressure, but it's what every officer signs up for. They know what they're getting themselves into. But anyways, there'd be times where I'd be executing a mission. And obviously, um, what hap- what the enemy does might be different from what you plan. So you constantly have to be flexible, right? We, we go back to flexibility. You constantly have to be changing your plan. And that's called a frago. Um, one of my instructors would hit me with a frago, like he'd give me an updated situation and I'd have to, you know, relax, calm my nerves and think of a new plan. Like, oh my gosh, we can't do this anymore. Or for the guys to the left of me, you're going to get killed. So you mm-hmm. constantly have to be, um, you know, coming up with new situations and dealing with that stress because the bottom line is they're trying to, they're trying to train you for, you know, life or death situations that you be able to got to make, you got to be able to make that decision on the fly or else the guys to the left and right of you are going to get killed. And that's on you as the officer and the leader. So, um, there were a lot of times where I was the whole point of TBS to put you in that situation and you got to be able to kind of think on the fly, manage the stress around you and have the guys to the left and right of you have confidence in you that they know you're making the decision, the right decision. And you can go out, execute, and be successful. And um, yeah, but that's that's a big point. Yeah. Those fragos you get, the situation's always changing. I'm gonna tell you right now, all that planning we put in put into um, a certain mission, it's gonna change because stuff never works out 
the way you want yeah. it to. And I feel like that's all part of life. Like not everything's going to go the way you want it to. And you always have to be flexible. You always have to be flexible. Yeah. I mean, and it must be not, not really defeating, but it must um, kind of stink when you, you put in all these hours into planning and you, you have a game plan. And as soon as you go to try to execute this game plan, something happens and all that goes out the window and you have to try to think of something new on the fly. Yeah. Yeah. No, there were, there was a time where I was, you know, I was the leader, right. I was, I was, I was, um, in charge of a platoon going to execute a mission and I had spent hours on this order, right. We get out in the tree line, we're going to execute it. And what do you know? The enemy pops out of a different house and I'm like, Oh shit. Well, there goes my whole freaking <laughs> last week of planning for this mission because now it's the complete opposite of what we thought and the enemies in that other planning and that other mm-hmm. building so now we got to come up with a plan b so you always have to have that plan b ready to go because 90 yeah, of the time the situation is not going to go how you planned it and yeah mm-hmm. so you, you always got to be you know ready for whatever comes your way especially with the enemy because at the end of the day those guys on the other end of the battlefield you know, they're not looking to make a love with you. They're looking to kill you. So, and as the officer, it's on on you because any lives as the officer, any of these, any of your Marines to the left and right of you, you, if they, you know, go down, that's on you because they're the one calling the shots, making the decisions. You know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's a, it's a big job, you know, being an officer in the Marines is arguably the, 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 one of the toughest jobs in the world. So, yeah, having like, people's lives that like in your hands is definitely yeah. something that sounds really yeah. stressful, very intense. Yeah. Something yeah. that I'm yeah. pretty sure 99.9% of people would never want to pursue. And those those 1% or 0.1% of people who do, it's it's a big task and a brave task that they that they're they're taking. Right. 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 Um and yeah, yeah, being that, you know, being um, an officer in the Marines and, you know, being that leader, you really gotta, um, you really gotta have first off, obviously confidence within yourself. And eventually, you know, you gotta get the confidence of the guys under your command. They gotta be able to trust you. And cause at the end of the day, you know, they're relying on you. So mm-hmm. it's a lot of responsibility, but it's something, you know, I've always wanted to do. And yeah. Yeah. From everything you, you said today, um, a lot of times people talk about things in their lives that teach them lessons, like, I don't know, maybe like sports or other organized activities that they do teach them life lessons. But it really seems like the Marines and the military teaches you those lessons to like a whole nother level because you have yep. so much responsibility and so much can go wrong. And it seems like there's a lot of, of pressure and stress where you have to make these decisions or, you know, you trust your people and, all these things that will happen in the real life, but times like a hundred. So I feel like all those, those lessons and everything you guys are learning, like you said before with people enlisting in the military for military for two years can definitely help you and translate into, to, uh, to like the real world outside the military and make you a, a better person. And yeah, in the I would agree. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. No, that's very, very true. Like, uh, based on everything that you said, I feel like, yeah, it's very taxing, I'm sure, uh, physically and mentally. But at the same time, I feel like before you started and after, or I guess during, you've just developed both physically and just your mental fortitude, I imagine, has just gone through the roof because of everything, which is awesome. 
Yeah. I feel no, like yeah. it's very, it's um, very rewarding. Hmm. It's the kind of thing you're doing. Very rewarding because I mean, obviously, I appreciate everyone else. You know, that's serving what they're doing. You know, I mean, I know I'm in the military, but I'm also, you know, if I, you know, see someone that's serving too, you know, I'll tell them, you know, thank you for your service. Um, but you got to think of like, not only am I serving this country, and you know, people who serve in the military are doing something very brave and very, you know, great that everyone's thankful for. But like, at the end of the day, whenever you do decide to get out, whenever I decide to get out. I'm going to take a lot of these things I learned in the military over into my civilian job. And, and I'm sure they're going to be very appreciative for that style, that military style and work ethic I have. And any, you know, everyone else that ends up leaving the military and going into the civilian job, especially, especially the Marines. Um, mm-hmm. It's just, it's just something that, you know, no one has that same skill and, and um, military uh, kind of guidance that, you know, Marines have. So it's, it's definitely both helpful you know, on the other side in the civilian world as well. So it, it carries over very well. Yeah. And I think you guys, whoever just, who's in the military and decides to leave can also be great teachers and leaders with that knowledge and yeah. stuff they, they learned from right. the military. So not only yeah, are you bringing just... that experience, but you can also give that or help, you know, other people have somewhat of the same experience, help them, you know, give them advice right. or show them some of the ways that you guys right military yeah exactly and like honestly i've thought about it like as a side job whenever i do decide to part ways with the marines i've thought of taking this leadership style and um this discipline and you know hard work i've learned and maybe being like a as a side job like a football coach you know for like my son Mm -hmm. or something i think that'd be great because you know mike you you played football and you know how it is you know even on being on the football team it's that brotherhood and you know, going through camp together and, you know, it sucks. But, like, at the end of the day, like, I feel like that, those bonds we had, as you know, everyone on the team, you know, we all went through that hardships. And it's just there's there's nothing like that camaraderie. And, you know, whenever I decide to part ways with the Marines, I want to be that that um, that mentor and that leadership and maybe, like, coach, coach a team, you know, help coach a team. Because it's just that, yeah, like I said, the camaraderie and brotherhood, there's nothing like it. Yeah, your your brother talked about that a little bit in comparison when he was talking about um he on did. his his podcast he talked about how like football and the Marines kinda have that in common with the going through all those hardships and having to trust the person next to you in order to to make things work. So I think a football coach would yep. definitely team will definitely um value those those lessons and succeed from having that as like someone like that as their coach. So I think it would be like, it definitely would be fun and a good job to, to have. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Matt, Dante, do you guys have any, anything else you want to talk or ask? Uh, You know, Jack, I'm, I'm sure we'd love to have you again in the future. Yeah. So yeah. Very interesting to hear. It was very interesting to hear. Yeah. And, um, yeah, no, you, uh, I'm I'm honored to be on here and talk with you guys and you know share some of my life story and yeah and I'd I'd love to come back on you know maybe you know if I do end up deploying or whatever whenever I get back you know it's talk about a little experience with that because I know that's a big you know something big that not everyone gets to do and it's life changing and no yeah I'd I'd love you know to right. share it up with you boys again of course but I'm I'm lucky to uh, yeah lucky to be on this podcast for sure it's been 
It's been Thanks, a great man. talk. I mean, I could, I could talk. It's a yeah, pleasure. I could talk hours and hours. I could, I could talk my ass off. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I love talking about this stuff. You sound very passionate about it. You can definitely tell by the way yeah, you talk about it. No, yeah, there. I mean, it's just night and day. You know, this is, <laughs> this is. I mean, this is all I do. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, and I honestly, I've. I listened to, I got big, like I told you, you know, over COVID, I got big into a uh, podcast. I listened to a lot of Joe Rogan, man. I love his stuff. Like some of the people he brings on. Mm-hmm. I just think, I think it's so great. Just the whole podcast thing, even, you know, what you guys are doing. I think it's such a good investment, you know, bringing people on here, even bringing someone on here. You don't know, just meet new people and meeting cool people and just talking. It's just, it's awesome. It's definitely a, a great time. We definitely have a great time you know, talking with among each other. And when we do have guests talking with them, hearing their stories and learning more about yeah. just the world from everyone else. So. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, are you guys thinking of bringing on, you know, someone next, like another person next there? Cause I know you guys do um, kind of different topics. Like, you ha- how, like how many people total have you had on the podcast? for mm. like, guests. I think um, four or five. Well, what, Not a for, whole lot, right? No, we haven't had too many. I think like Matt said, like four or five. Um, we do have like a list of a few other people we're thinking about having on, but okay. For the most part, it's kind of just people we know or have crossed paths with. So it's not like yeah. a ton of people we have a list of. Um, right. But maybe we'll we'll look to branch out and maybe ask some people we're not you know Familiar too acquainted with, with yeah. Yeah, if yeah. they they want to be on or yeah. Stuff like that, but for now we're kind of just sticking with who we know, you know, from high school, college, just right. friends of friends, stuff like that. But it'd definitely be interesting yeah. to try to expand from people yeah. we know to get more stories and more interesting things to talk about. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Yeah, you guys, uh, you guys are doing great things. Thank <laughs> you, thanks, man. You are too, man. You are too. Thank you. Well, Jack, it's been a pleasure having you on. Thank you for. You know, sharing the insight about the military and sharing your story about how everything started and how everything's going. Um, it was it was great listening to everything you had to say. Thank awesome. you, thank you very much. Yeah, I appreciate it. And it was it was nice talk with you all, you guys. And yeah, that was a great. How how long we go? Like hour and a half. Hour yeah. and a half. Yeah, hour and a half. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I <laughs> like like you like said, it, Mike. I could but... go hours, and hours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I, I feel like I was just so immersed in just what you were talking about. It was really nice. Yeah, yeah. There's so many different things I could talk about, but you know, we might have to run it back again sometime soon. <laughs> Hell oh, yeah. for sure. There was. I'm sure everyone yeah. would love hearing this again, even more yeah. depth and things we weren't able to get to today. But um, for sure. As for the listeners, yeah. if you guys made it this far, we appreciate you guys. You guys are real ones. Hope you guys enjoyed it, and we'll see you guys next week Peace. adios awesome thanks boys no problem that was 